I can tell you I'm not doing no 15 seconds thing. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. We have blunts here. Do not tell me you've come here looking for pot. That's right. Ain't no pot in here. This is the bowl. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course there's pot in here. Welcome, welcome to another wonderful Tuesday night with your wolf, Kansas City, Sir Spencer. And I'm Dame DeLorean. As always. As always, as always. And this is episode 46. 46 in the mix. It's October 27th, 2020. The year that wouldn't stop being weird. 2020. Welcome. We're almost through it. It's almost over. I only got two more months of this shit. Then we'll have to scratch our heads and say how bad 2021 sucks. (laughs) Could it get worse? Mm, it could. It could. I think it could, <laughs> yeah. It always can. Yeah. It always can. But hopefully it gets better. I would I would hope so. It won't be an election year, so chances yeah. are good, I would that say. That would be nice. In the bowl to Carolyn and Quirkass. In the bowl. They're hanging out in the bowl with us. You can hang out in the bowl with us, too. Uh, if you check out the Zero Node IRC uh we are in channel hashtag bull after bull. Pretty simple. There's a link on the website. You go to bullafterbull.com and click on listen live. You can find our stream. You can find our chat. You can find the OnlyFans video stream. And uh, yeah, you can find a whole hell of a lot more than that if you really look deep enough. <sighs> True. How are you feeling? Tired. Yeah. And we're doing the show an hour earlier now. I know. On Tuesdays now we're... Starting yeah. at 9 central. That's right. We just had to move it back an hour because we were going to bed at 2 in the morning on Tuesdays. And uh, hopefully now we'll just go to bed at 1 in the morning, which is at least <laughs> manageable. Because yeah. I got to do shit in the morning now. I got like a I got like a life again. Going back to school, as it were. It's centric of a full stack, uh, full stack web development. How's that going? It's going all right. We just started uh, the mid-tier stuff, so... Been working in C sharp. The course itself is kind of uh, Microsoft heavy, so lots of Microsoft programs. Well, you know, we're working in Visual Studio for all of our coding. Last week, I just spent playing with websites, web design, front end stuff, mostly HTML, the splash of CSS, and um, yeah, I kind of am getting the the peak and seeing that uh, I'm gonna be able to finally make the websites that I want to make. Cool. Um, hello. Phone's ringing, dude. We will let it go to voicemail. I forgot to forgot to um, I forgot <laughs> to put it on uh, Do Not Disturb. So there's a voicemail coming in. Hopefully it goes with voicemail. There it oh, went. yes, it will. It will and it shall. All right, all right, all right. And if you want to leave a voicemail, you can always give us a call at 816-607-3663. Call 816 816- 
Thank you, Caller, so much. So much, so much for the voicemail incoming. Um, and apologies if you wanted to talk live. Uh, I'm going to assume that you didn't. But we did open the lines for a brief second last show, and no one called in for the the uh, animal walk that we did. Yeah, A little animal walk. So um, we encourage, if you haven't listened to uh, episode 45... And you would like to uh, know a little bit more about your spirit totem or spirit animal guides. Give it a listen. There's a little guided meditation in there. It's like 10 minutes or less or something that you can do and find your spirit animal. Get a glimpse of it and uh, start figuring out how to work that medicine and magic into your life. And I got to tell you, um, I felt really great about doing that last week. Like... um, in the past week, this is like the wolf has been with me so hard, like every day now. Um, and it's just because of that, that show and pulling all that out and talking about it for so long. It was like one of those things where I know it's just going to like expand and keep, you know, now that it's out there, like people are going to play that and download it and listen to it. And then like, again, it's out there in the ether and it's playing and that, that spell just like gets recast and recast and recast. I can feel it. I can feel it working. It's pretty awesome. Very cool. Yeah, fun stuff. How about you? How was your week? It was all right. We had our first appointment with the midwife. That's right. Last we, week. We did. That was all right. I wouldn't say fun. I had to get a blood test. And we you know. just, you absolutely hate all blood things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting better. I didn't pass out. I didn't even get dizzy this time. Mm-hmm. It was fine. I just sat there and took it. You braved the blood test for the cause. Didn't you need babies. But I looked at you, and <laughs> right before she was about to pull the needle out, your eyes got all funky. And you told me later, like, well, that's because I think that's the worst part is when they pull the needle out. I don't like when but they pull I, it out. But I was looking in your eyes, and I was like, oh, man, something's wrong. My arm's going to be covered in blood. started having the flashbacks to yeah. my time in the hospital as a kid. I was like, ah. But it was all right. Yeah, it was actually all good. And Yeah. Well, I just let it freak me out because I was like... Uh, it's yucky. What do I want to say? I was just... <laughs> empathizing too hard i was like putting myself in your shoes kind of overthinking it and then when they're pulling it out that's the part i hate i hate it when they pull it out man i don't like to pull out the needle it's going in it's not that bad it's just kind of like a sharp pain (laughs) but like the pain almost um what am i trying to say like they're both kind of queeze they have that (laughs) queeze factor yeah but the going in that pain that sharp pain kind of is too loud and it overrides that queasy factor mentally you know it's like, it would be gross if it didn't hurt so bad, but it hurts bad enough to where it's like, all right, it just hurts. I can deal with pain. Pain's fine. But then when they're pulling it out, and then it's the hole, and then you can feel it, and it's like, it's not a tickle, but it's like a, they're scratching you on the inside kind of a thing, and it just freaks me out, dude. <laughs> I just don't like it when they're pulling the needle out. That's the worst part for me. No, I don't like it when they're going in. I'm the opposite. Yeah. Ugh. I'm sure most people are probably like, the, damn, the entry okay. is worse than the exit. As I soon mean, as they tie that damn thing around your arm, yeah. you know, I just start getting the sweats. <laughs> I just <laughs> like, oh, okay. And she's like, do you want me to tell you what I'm doing as I'm doing it? Does that make it better? I was like, it doesn't matter. It's going to suck either way. Yeah. Like, oh. But uh, her office, 
is in her home. Mm-hmm. So like this whole time I'm laying on a couch. I've got plenty of pillows. My kids are there. They're playing with toys. None of us are wearing masks or, you know, there's no medical shit going on besides this needle she's putting into me. And uh, yeah, I love seeing her. It's always a good time. We got to talk about the postpartum doula training and, you know, she's connecting me up with some people. Hopefully I can get a move on that before this third baby comes. Yeah, that'll be cool. We will see. COVID made everything a little bit fucky, but... Just a bit fucky. Yeah, just a bit. What can you do in these (laughs) unprecedented times? But, uh... The kids didn't watch me get my blood drawn, but Asina was sitting right next to me playing with some animal toys. Yeah, and she's that got was, a good toy collection. I felt like that was the best distraction for me, just watching our 19-month-old, you know? It just totally took my mind off of what was going on, and so I didn't have to pass out, I guess. But I did wake up in the middle of the night to go pee, and <laughs> my band-aid had fallen off. And my arm was bleeding. It was so gross. Ooh. The little hole, just like the little drop of blood that's just growing bigger. Oh, when I was like, please don't pass out in the bathroom. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I was okay. I was okay. That's good. Oh, and then what? We had a birthday party to take the kids to Saturday. That's right. Yes, kids' birthday parties. Yeah, my buddy's twins turned five, which was cool. It was cool. <laughs> Just kind of a barbecue situation. Yeah. Bunch of stoners at a barbecue, you know. You know the thing. You know. You know the thing. All uh, the adults getting crunk. Crunk. <laughs> we While were, I sat with the kids. He <laughs> was crunk and shit. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a great time. Hot dogs and burgers. And I brought a bunch of brats. and Some of them were pizza brats. So nothing mixes like stoners and pizza brats. They were all incredibly whoopity boopity about it. They couldn't believe it. They were jumping up and down. Well, that's how you were when you saw pizza brats. Yeah. Behind the deli. You were like, pizza brats? I mean, I saw the sign. I was like, uh, yeah, give me eight of those. And Chipotle. And then Chipotle pepper jack. I personally would have gone for the cheddar jalapeno, but of course, you know, kids and spicy. Chipotle was probably as spicy as you want to go. They were pretty spicy, though. Those they Chipotle did have a brats. kick to them. Yeah, brats, uh, bratwurst brats. Like a fat sausage. Blotwurst. Yeah, and the pizza one just... Did it have cheese in it also? Or it just had like mozzarella the cheese and it had the kind of pizza-y herb type things. I don't know how to describe it really, other than it was damn good. It was really good. Maybe some like oregano and shit, I don't know. And then your buddy made chicken wings. He, yeah, <laughs> smoked some chicken wings. Hamburgers. Mm-hmm. What else did he do? Something else. Oh. I'm forgetting the meat. No. No, maybe not. Burgers, hot dogs, brats. And chicken wings. Oh, yeah. Pigged out. Had some cake. Mm. Cake, uh, yeah. Cake, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say cake and ice cream, but it was just cake. No ice cream. It was no too cream. damn cold for ice cream. It was cream. pretty goddamn cold out there, man. And that was just the beginning, because then we got snow. Yep, it's true. There's still a little bit of snow on the ground. Yes. And here we are. Here we are. Bundled up. We got a... Saving our cardboard for the fireplace. <laughs> Yes, just like a little bit of snow came through yesterday, and then they said it might today, but I didn't, I don't know. Mm -mm. It rained today, it was like frozen rain. Okay. Yeah, I've been in the basement, in the dungeon. So, (laughs) the classes, the first two days were in, on campus, in person, uh, which was last week, Monday and Tuesday, 
and then the rest of the week was done at home. So you know, via via Zoom. Uh, and then we're not back on campus until after Thanksgiving break. So there will be another four weeks. This is the first of four full weeks of uh, virtual classes, which is like, uh, there's pros and cons for sure. There's pros and cons. I'd say the pros are, um, you don't really have to, uh, shower and get all pampered ready. You know, like I have to like wear a respectable t-shirt, but that's pretty much it. (laughs) Um, no mask mandate. No mask. Yeah, you don't have to wear a fucking mask, which is nice. Um, you can just roll out of bed, so that's like an extra. You know what? With like eating, getting ready, and sh- showering and driving, there's like a good hour or like. Well, the place is about seventeen minutes from the driveway, so it's not a bad drive, but it's just an extra fucking thing you have to do, and. uh you don't really have to do it if you just walk downstairs to class. Even, like, okay, yesterday, Monday, I don't know what it was. I, there was an alarm. I know I woke up <laughs> for the alarm at 6.30 or something it was. 7. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Like, plenty of time. Class starts at 8.30, right? And then I just, like, I turn the alarm off. And the next thing I fucking remember, I'm, like, bolting right up straight upright in bed going, Oh, fuck! And it's, I look at the clock and it says 8.37. And so I'm seven minutes late. Uh, and so I r- fucking run in a scramble, throw my shirt on, put a hat on my fucking hair, get down on the laptop, boom, uh, 8.39, I'm in class. <laughs> so 8.37, I'm in an oh shit moment. And less than, you know, <laughs> I, less than two minutes later, I'm I'm logged in and ready and saying like, sorry, I'm late as like people are doing their like, introductory jerk off bullshit anyway it's not like i missed anything that's good you start off with like everyone presenting their homework yeah or something like that uh and actually week by week there's different instructors for different like courses and um subjects that we're learning so basically it was like a new instructor and so there was like it was almost like syllabus day, but an abbreviation, abbreviated version of it, you know? So it's like I didn't, I just oh. like slid in there like going, <laughs> I couldn't there was find like, the oh, you're fine. <laughs> and actually a kid came in like an hour after I did, so there's that. For us, it's not a time change yet, because we haven't changed our clocks, I believe. Yet. Saturday. Saturdays, Halloween. Saturday's our time change, yes. Full blue moon. And you know, this is the good time change. In one sense, it's good for one day, and then it's bad for the rest of the whole time. Because the one day you get an extra hour of sleep, it's fall back. And yes, it'll be kind of technically Sunday, because it's Saturday night at 3 a.m. But it's getting dark so early. But yeah, it gets dark early. I don't know. I think we should just always stay on summertime. (laughs) I've said this for ages. Like, you get more of the, the daylight stretching out into the... I mean, it already sucks enough. Just the Earth's axis tilt, and people get sad. And I'm not talking about just generic sadness. I'm talking about sad, like seasonal affective disorder. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> like diagnosed with sad. That's how sad they get. And, uh, oh, my God, it just trains you. Doesn't it train you? Yeah. When you look outside, and you're like, fuck, it's dark. And then you look at your phone, and it's like 710. And you're like, Christ almighty, I thought it was 1007. Yeah. Feels like it. Yeah. It's wild. It doesn't, it feels like way more than an hour, the effect. Even though the clocks change one hour, it feels like an eternity. But it's been helpful for me getting to bed sooner. Yeah. Yeah. We'll in with one that. way. 
I've been slammed with work, so I have been up to like one and two a.m. still. Right. But there's a certain sense when you get into the dungeon down here where like. Well, there's no windows. You yeah, got so. no windows. You got screen, screen, screen. You got <laughs> endless information and data called the fucking World Wide Web. So like, there's no exhausting. You know, it's like there's no sense of real time. It's worse than when they had a thousand <laughs> channels on TV. Because you could surf that, but now it's like... Limitless. Well, now I have 14 different timelines that I could scroll all endlessly. Ugh. You know? Yeah, you could. I could. I just... I hit, The computer to me is like the workstation. I never have fun on the computer anymore. <laughs> I'm just working. We're like, well, prepping for the podcast is fun. And podcasting is fun. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. But you know what uh, is a little creepy to me? Is what? how they're requiring you to have your camera on for class. Nah, I kind of get and, it. Well, but know. my but here's the thing: my desk is next to your desk, and where you set your monitor with your laptop faces right at me. So I'm just in the background of all your stuff. But it's actually a good motivator because it's like must keep working on screen, must not jerk off <laughs> like on screen. <laughs> <laughs> so I just get my shit done, and then you know, go do. Other I things. bet you could rub one out, and no one would be able to tell. Is it from the shoulders up? <laughs> kind of. More like from no, the tits up. I'm not going to do that. I got too much of damn work to do. <laughs> yeah, they changed their deadline on you, didn't they? Yeah, I had a deadline for nine hours of audio. Nine audio hours. It was due Friday, and then they decided it was due today. And I was like, hey, look, this is what I got done. Seven out of nine hours, and I'll get the... Next two done after the podcast and before bed. Hopefully, technically today. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. This is this is a good uh, deal. We might even make them a tiny bit shorter. The last oh. one just creeped over two hours, so you know we've been averaging right under two hours. Yeah. In this uh, incarnation of the Bowl After Bowl podcast, so a lot of the classic episodes are fifteen minutes. Not fifteen minutes. There's maybe a couple that are that short, like. Most of them are maybe 30 to 45, but they're uh, a majority of them are under an hour. So this is kind of a longer format, but we just have more toys these days, you know, you have clips to bring this and that. We also have been uh, in talks with um, some people about guesting. And if you're interested in doing a little guest spot, just email us, uh, Spencer at BowlAfterBowl.com. Lorian at bullafterbull.com, either one. We'll set something up, but our idea is that we'd love to do some guest-type shows, uh, and the format for that will just be like whenever our guest is available, what the best time for them is, that we're that we're also available. So like we'll have like maybe four or five different times you can pick from or something like that. We'll schedule something out that works for us both, but something that's not Tuesday nights. And that way we can still keep this format that we're kind of working on to improve and change, but we don't want that radical of a change. Um, and it would kind of throw things off, I think, for us. Because we didn't know how to do it. You know, do we, like, bring a guest on and then kick them off at a certain point? Do we have them sit here the whole time while we go over the stuff that we have to bring? Yeah. And it was just like, you know what? It's not fair to us or our guests to do something either of those things. Why don't we just, if we do a guest show, we'll do it as its own thing at a different time. And then that'll also give us a little extra uh, kind of episodes to play with. And then we can focus totally on the guest and everything that they've got to say, too. So yes, that's the plan. Uh, and I don't know when it's going to start because, again, 
Quite, I have my hands full. We both have our hands full right now. It's a very busy time. Uh, speaking of busy time, Halloween's coming up. Yes. And they're trying like hell to cancel everything. Oh, I know. But you know what? Steak and Shake coming through. Free milkshakes for the kids. So if you've got steak and shakes in your area, you can go dress up like a kid, get your free milkshake. Yes. Bring your kids, get them free milkshakes. At least that's some treat they can get, you know, guaranteed. Right. Um, you gotta have something, man. We're lucky. My grandma loves sending like care packages to the house and like random shit she buys and garage sales and estate sales and thrift shops. But she sent like trick or treat bags for the kids and really loaded them up. It'll be uh, a f- uh, a full moon, a blue moon, a blue blood moon, blue blood moon, blue blood moon. Reminds me of the big blue bug <laughs> in Rhode I Island. Believe it. <laughs> Makes me wanna. That's what we're gonna be doing on Halloween. Actually, you know what we're gonna be doing on Halloween is a no agenda meetup. Yes, at Knuckleheads. That's right. Can you believe it? I can believe it. Knuckleheads has been a great meetup spot. We did a few uh, ISOs for the great no agenda show. Um, we might as well play them on our show since we did the work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would imagine. Let's see, this was the first one. Pretty fun. Um, and it's kind of uh, about the wolf, because you were busy working and you just wouldn't want to be, you didn't want to be a part of this one, and it was getting late. It was very Hey, No Agenda Nation, this is Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. This Halloween, it's a full moon, and I'm inviting you to come run with the wolf, or at least to drink with the wolf. Dame DeLorean and the rest of the Casey No Agenda fam will also be there, kicking things off at 3.33 p.m. with a free open jam at Knucklehead Saloon. Stick around with Matt and the gang for an 80s-themed party with the M80s and a Billy Heidel tribute. Head over to noagendameetups.com to RSVP today. <laughs> Curry said it sounded like uh, uh, all of the MTV promos that he's heard over the years. Yeah. He's just like, this is radio industry stuff, which tickled me. Thought it was funny, but uh, I put a little more production effort into the one that played this Sunday, which I found here. I'll play it uh, via the show, uh, noagendashow.net player. No agenda it is just like a party, and we got one coming up. Love the promos. Do you like spending time with underinformed consumers of the M5M? Watching MSNBC. But resist, we must. Reading the New York Times. The New York Times is a liberal paper. Bitching about climate change. People are suffering. People are dying. No, 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 no. Hell no. Then join us on Halloween for the October KC Meetup, starting at 3.33 p.m. at Knucklehead Saloon in the East Bottom. For more event details, click on over to newagendameetups.com. It's like a party. <laughs> I get a kick out of the... Pro- I like the meetup reports. I think the promos are such an excellent use of talent. <laughs> I really I'd like it. to keep them down to 15 seconds. 15? Yeah. That's pretty short. No shit. This is what, let me see how how long do you think how long did this one feel to you? If, well, how long are they? Well, no, I'm asking you how long <laughs> did it was. You felt it was too well, the long. The last one felt like it was thirty seconds. 
Okay. Yeah, then good. But you want it even shorter than that? Uh, yeah, it's like, you know, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You know, those the ads were never that more than 15 seconds. Okay. Incorrect, by the way. Uh, here's a list of meetups coming up. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Dvorak had to, you know, do his usual... Uh, Hello! ...shitting on everything. And uh, 15 seconds. I really like, first of all, it felt like... I can't really even put into words what it feels like when Adam is like excited you know like you could hear he's excited about the promo he loved the promo he like started off with like love the promo and like played it you know yeah uh jcd who is a guy who I, i'm not seeing i'm not hearing a lot of like radio promos from jcd okay <laughs> like the guy can put a boing at the end of a clip like a fucking doctor okay he's a genius at that but 15 seconds. And so you heard him. I'm glad Adam was like, so how long do you think that one was? And he's like, oh, uh, I don't know, 30 seconds. Um, that one came in actually at uh, 49 seconds. So it was pushing a minute. So it was already shorter. He felt it was shorter than it actually was by almost 20 seconds. Yes. And then he's talking about 15. I'm telling you. Um, how long was our first one? Our first one was definitely shorter. None of this is good. Your solo. Uh, the promo. solo one was 33 seconds. Oh, that's right. So Perfect. I figured. That's a great length. And I was I was really worried about getting it 30 or under, 30 or under, 30 or under. And it was like at 32-ish. And then I was like, oh, fuck. Because I was trying to trim it really aggressively. And then I'm like, oh, just give me a little wiggle room here with that outro music. And I'll have it be 33. And no one can bitch about it being 33 seconds long, you know? And JCD did not bitch he about it. He didn't bitch about it. That's correct. It was like a magic number thing. Well, I can tell you I'm not doing no 15 seconds thing. I do want to thank C-Mike twice. First for sending us that script. That original script was pretty much verbatim what C-Mike wrote out as a script for us. I had to find a different Sharpton clip than the one he suggested because I couldn't find it. Uh, and a little bit different, uh, uh, what's her fucking name? The paper. Abramson. That lady? Yeah, the New York Times lady. <laughs> Found More a different one. Fry. And then uh, the Greta was my own spice. Uh, I really do love that Greta shit, actually, as much as uh, it cracks me up to say. People are suffering. People are dying. But um, it's, that was all C. Mike's idea and script pretty much exactly. So... Without that script, I mean, it was so late. I sent that in to Adam at four in the morning before the show. <laughs> it was at four in the morning, Sunday morning. And um, I really wanted to blow the fucking thing off entirely as far as doing a promo. But see, Mike had already sent the script in and I'd had it for a few weeks and I just didn't want to let him down. And I had yeah. already been like, well, we're going to do this promo, this show, this promo, this show. And then we have an idea, a Halloween idea for the last promo. We just want to do a little Halloweeny goofiness, uh, and see, Mike. I thank you again because he sent in a suggestion uh, for another script we can do for the next promo. All right, uh, but I'm not using it, and so I'm sorry to see, Mike. But uh, it's a really simple one, and it's a funny idea. It's just basically like uh, uh, us yelling, "What do we want?" Casey no agenda meetup. When where do we want it? Knucklehead Saloon. When do we want it? Three thirty three Halloween. That's a wrap. Was that short enough for you, JCD? Like, <laughs> uh, which is a funny it's idea. Funny. It's very funny. It's very creative. It, it nails like the demand, but the demand is unreasonable, and I'm not meeting that demand. So, like, 
if he doesn't even know a 47 is a 30, 49 is a 30, uh, and there's no chance at all that he'll hear any of this, uh, thank God. So, <laughs> so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm just going to, I already have, and this is the thing, I've already kind of storyboarded out what we want to do for the Halloween one. So I'm not changing all that and like buckle into an under 15 thing. That's just, un, that's not, that's not, uh, it's not realistic to keep them under 15 seconds. It's like the, it's a three hour show. You can spare, yeah. you can spare 30 to 40 What's seconds. 40 seconds. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> uh, like that came on after 15 seconds. I mean, come on. It's never going to be anything interesting. <laughs> oh, brother. Anyway, I thought that was amusing. I was amused by it. And you know, John, John is the, is the buzzkill. That's his job. So he's, uh, somewhat of an expert in killing the buzz. But this buzz don't die. Sorry. Sorry about it. <laughs> Can't kill my buzz. Well, hopefully you don't have... If a... you're not a cop with their blue and red lights on, you're not killing my buzz. I'm sorry. <sighs> I can I can handle a little grumpiness. Grumpy. You live for the grump. He's grump. He's grump. <laughs> He's grump. He's in your head. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of weed news. Interesting shit. Here and there, I suppose. Oh, but you have a top three thirty threes. Yeah, you want to start with those? I love those. I really wanted to start with those because those are my favorites. Downtown San Antonio revealed a thirty-three foot ding 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 door of equality. Oh no! Cobalt blue door of equality sculpture by Torch of Friendship creator. A gift to San Antonio. This is fascinating, man. So I gotta say that my uh, my two top reasons that this is my favorite segment. The first one is that it's all you and you do it. Yeah, of <laughs> which, course. Which is the great. That's great for you, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is fantastic. The second though is that you pick the right stories because the stories for these are thirty threes where it's like some wild reference where it's like a they had to make it they had to like take it there. They had to be like this well, like 33 the, foot statue. The artistic like, choice to make this statue 33 feet tall exactly. in the first place. But then to put it in the headline. Exactly. It's double. It's so much. It's so much. Because there's plenty of installations all around the country and different art and different stories. And rarely is it about how tall they are. Especially if the thing was maybe, I don't know, 26 feet or uh, 14 oh. feet or uh, then even there'd be something no bigger mention. like 40 feet. Like, it would just be a detail in the story body. Right, towards the end, they wouldn't put it in the headline. <laughs> no, um, so it, you know, it's called a door. It doesn't look like a door. It's two twisted pillars. Uh, it says it was made to symbolize the city's human rights history and represent the quote-unquote grind of work done by advocates. Uh, but it's they the door in your mind. The walk through to your imagination. Of course. The two pillars are the same height to represent equality. Oh, I see. One column, now they call it a column, stands for peace, tranquility, and wisdom. And the other, for loyalty, strength, and trust. So that's another 33. Yeah, three. Because one column stands for three things, and the other column stands for three things. Yes. You're just catching on. You're catching on to it. Nothing can slip by you, baby. No, they're jamming this thing full of 33s, I'm telling you. Yes, 33 San Antonio, man. Yeah. This whole thing is very, very spooky. So uh, check it out. You know, hey, if you live near San Antonio, you'll see it. You'll see it when you're driving. My next story. You can involved. see it from 33 miles away. <laughs> <You> can, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo! 
Uh, Woo! Moment Bronx man, 33 years old, falls 15 feet through sidewalk sinkhole and is swarmed by so many rats, he couldn't yell for help for fear they would crawl in his mouth. Oh, gross. Yeah. That's nasty. Luckily, he was only stuck there for 30 minutes. Not 33 minutes, but 30 minutes. Now, dig this, though. He was waiting for a bus on 3rd Avenue. 33, don't hang out in three spots, I guess, if you're 33 years old. This is going to be a wild-ass year of my life, dude. Yeah, I know. It's, it's coming up. coming up pretty quick. Buckle up. Three years. Yeah, so they've got the surveillance footage if you want to see him falling into this dark hole. <laughs> uh, it was pretty gross, though. I mean, he oh, was just surrounded masses. by rats, and he was too scared to yell because he thought that the rats would crawl in his damn mouth. Can you imagine? I feel Nick rat would take offense to that. Nick was probably down there. He probably wouldn't have crawled he, in the man's this mouth. This guy might have without fallen his consent. straight into the dark sewer. Nick's just not that kind of rat. I hope that the dark sewer gets their renos in time from the city. Because this is the city's fault that that sinkhole happened. Yes, it their is. Their damn sidewalk. Somebody ought to do something about it. Yeah. Uh, someone said uh, that the debris just kept falling and hitting him on the head oh all the God, while. No. <laughs> like like as it... if the rats were the worst part. No. This man's getting hit by sidewalk crap. Yeah, so that was a wild one. That guy just happened to be 33 years old. Um, and then I thought it was quite interesting and a great segue that there were 3,300 critiques, critiques on uh, the DEA's little... Um, interim final rule for the farm bill and cbd and how they're interpreting it you remember that we did a story on it a couple months ago yeah it was open for public comments well they stopped the comments at 3300 comments That's all and the now comments. they're moving to their next phase yeah interesting people aren't happy a lot of senators have written letters um because they're saying that if at any point in the process the THC is higher than 0.03%, then it's federally illegal. And that kind of people are afraid that that's opening up CBD and hemp processors to be raided in the middle of processing when the THC can spike before its final whatever. Well, yeah, they're definitely at risk then. They're also I mean, <laughs> at risk for all legal markets. Exactly. As we've pointed out many times on the show. Uh, yeah, they're at risk until it gets descheduled, and that's what we've been asking for for yeah. ages. Uh, and the fact that it hasn't moved is it's just a it's just a joke. And to me, it's so frustrating that they're coming out with this like CBD specific. They're talking about CBD specifically when, first of all, none of these people understand how it works. You know the no. DEA, like they know anything about this? No. no. And that's why they had to open up for public comment. And then it's just, it's too complicated. It's a plant. Like, right, yeah. fucking hemp is hemp. They try to make weed this, is weed. They're trying to make this shit all fucking scarier than it is, more complicated than it is. All of it. Um, it's weed. You take a seed, you put it in dirt, it becomes weed. I mean. Well, <clears throat> do you recall? It honestly can be that fucking simple. When we were lobbying for hemp legislation here in Missouri... A lot of the legislators were saying that the highway patrol uh, would push back on them and they would lobby against it, saying, we don't, we won't be able to tell the difference between hemp and weed. Good. Yeah, exactly. Who gives a fuck? How about don't worry about either of it? Yeah. Makes me crazy, dude. Yeah. The kind of shit we have to put up with. 
We had a little idea about a spinoff, not a spinoff podcast, but coming out with frequent, shorter episodes that would be strictly weed news, where we don't go off on a tangent like this, we just tell you the news. Yeah, it would be like a five, maybe ten minute, but definitely single digit minutes uh, show, where it would be just like a headline and a quick three to four sentence like news copy, just like a weed news rundown. Uh, I don't know what it would be called. Maybe it's something like a little... I still like... I had talked about if we ever did like a joke skit where we dress up like professional news anchors yeah. and we could call it 33BAB. That would be like our uh, news channel name. That's kind of complicated though. I don't mind like if it was like bowl after bowl shorts or something. <laughs> yeah. Or like, uh, I don't know. Like the one hitter. Ooh, I like that. Bull after bull one hitter or something. Yeah, that's cool. But that way, you know, because there's just so much weed news. I mean, every single day, all around the world, we there's We call news. it the pinner or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, the things happen all the time. It'd be kind of cool to keep up with. And then maybe that would be a fun way to just get in people's ears without having to make this, you know, hour and a half to two hour commitment. Well, it also might be a good opportunity for people to leave weed related voicemails where they hear a headline. But they haven't heard what our take on it yet, our sure. opinion. And then they're like, what the? That ticks me off. I want to bitch about this. Let me leave a voicemail. Sure. Bring up what ticks me off about it. I don't know. Because we say that. I feel like we say the same shit over and over again. Yeah, whole plant. <laughs> you know? Get off my it's, lawn. It's federally illegal. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. Well, part of that has to just keep being said and being said. Oh, um, Absolutely. I think especially people who listen to long-form podcasts, at least myself, um, sometimes there are concepts or, like, people I respect and listen to their podcasts, they'll have, like, a fundamental core belief. But it takes it takes hearing it four or five times before you catch on to it. And then you catch on to it, but then it gets one step better, where once you've caught on to a meme that you know that the host believes in or the person you're listening to believes in, you just hear the story and you already know. You're like, oh, I know what they're going to say, and you're ready for it. And that's like, it's a, it's a good thing almost, you know? It's like uh, it's like a TV show character saying their catchphrase or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, uh, I know, I know what he's going to say. Full plant. He's going to hear it and he's going to say... Uh, None of this is good. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> So Idaho, Udaho, Idaho. <laughs> we, hey, we all Idaho here. Yeah, we, in the bow. <laughs> Idaho activists have submitted already their 2022 medical marijuana initiative after, uh, you know, COVID struck and they weren't allowed to electronically right. gather signatures, so they couldn't get it on this ballot. They've already submitted their 2022 one, and they're hoping that it'll get approved before the election so that they can base the amount of signatures they need off of the 2016 voter turnout or 2018 voter turnout Ooh, sure. instead of the 2020 presidential because obviously for 2018 especially compared to a presidential election it's that's a, a way lower, lower threshold, number lower target yeah that's knowing smart. that though the secretary of state you know what if they're just an asshole and they're they like fuck we push it to the 2020 thing yeah yeah and i'm gonna sit the on voter this. turnout's gonna be silly for this round I mean, yeah everybody's voting in this one how could you not you open google chrome and now there's a button learn how to vote here i'm sick of it I, as you know here's a recurring theme for me <laughs> 
while you're pooping, think about how you're a bad American if you haven't registered to vote. <laughs> yeah, I have that. I just want to yell anytime someone fucking tells me to vote in any way. You got a poster up that says vote? Fuck you. You made an Instagram <laughs> post about how you voted? Fuck you. Don't give a shit. You vote, I vote. It's like posting when you take a shit. I don't care. You'd love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it really gets your goose, eh? It does, and it just makes me want to be mean, and then I and I don't want to be mean, but you know, the director of our state's medical program said that uh, they're probably going to do twenty twenty two here for full legal as well. Well, I do remember uh, Normal came out saying they just didn't, ha or not Normal. I'm sorry. I guess it was Show Me Cannabis, or maybe they've split off again. New approach, New approach John Payne. I don't know, but one of them was trying to collect signatures for 2020 for Rec, and right. they just, you know, Corona came and shit, and they were like, yeah. "Nope, it's not going to happen." But 2022, we're definitely going to try again. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's very easy to get signatures. Well, weed. it's going to be <laughs> either that or the legislature. And you know the state legislature is not going to move first. So. No, they're worthless. They're going to be like, y'all just have the medical now. What do you need the wreck for? <laughs> Sons of bitches. Money. I tell you, though, this, this election is going to be a great framework of it because in all of the polls, we've got all of the weed ballots uh, leading and winning. Oh, yeah. I mean, the closest spot is Mississippi. Where it's literally 50-50 in the polling for medical use. 50 approved, 50 opposed. Not really any undecideds on that. In Arizona, 55 approved adult use. That's full rec. 37% oppose mm. adult use. That's the latest state polling. Um, in Montana, 49 approved, 39 oppose. So there's a little bit more of an undecided gap there. New Jersey, adult use, full, full rec. 65% approval there. Hell yeah. Only 29 against. And then South Dakota, overwhelmingly, 74% approve. Wow. Now, that's just medical, but 74% approve, 23 opposed. So that's the strongest polling uh, ballot initiative right now that's on the ballots. And then South Dakota, uh, f for full rec, they asked for full rec too, adult use. 51% approve, while 44% opposed. So there's still a majority approval there. And I think really in this election, um, if Trump wins it, because I think in key states, what the data is showing really lately in this past week is that in key states like Pennsylvania and key states like Michigan, he's ahead of where he was last time around. And Biden is behind where Hillary was last time around. So that's an indicator that it might be, um, you know, he might still lose a popular vote thing, but there Prob it seems like he's got a path to electoral college victory. But what's going to be interesting is if, if that happens, if Trump has as much or more support than he did in 16, but these ballot initiatives for weed also have overwhelming support, it's going to really start to chip away at this sort of um, that the weed movement is exclusively a bunch of leftists uh, stereotype or this idea, this false idea really in my state. And I've been advocating for this shit in person for a dozen years now. Uh, and in my state, it's far easier, in my experience, to talk to conservatives about it. Um, mainly, I think that's just because there are so many more conservatives in our state legislature. So you're just talking to them more often. Um, but I think that the uh, 
conservative side appeals are just as compelling as the as the liberal appeals. Liberal appeals are a little more obvious when it comes to compassion, justice, criminal justice reform, uh, not locking people up for a plant, um, the fact that it's effective medicine, so it can be medical care, medical alternative. But on the conservative side, um, those are the really the more strengthening arguments. It's all about taxation, regulation, and, and improved revenue, and about uh, shrinking the government, um, about not giving the government all this overreach into our lives, telling us what we can and can't grow, uh, put into our bodies. Um, and there's a bit of my body, my choice there with a, with a kind of a, a more liberal appealing talking point too but overall really in our state i've seen and heard more support from the right than i have from the left and uh it's always been frustrating to me because like the the um appearance is the opposite you know but i really feel like this election if the weed movement uses it right that's how i would start to frame it i would frame it because uh, it's it's just irritating to me and kind of a little piece a smaller piece of what turned me out of the movement, you know, turned us out of the movement four or five years ago, was just all of this um, adherence to the party line. And like, I am not a party activist. I'm a registered independent. I am not a party guy. The closest I've ever been to a party guy was I was a delegate for the Libertarian Party. Both of us were state delegates for Missouri uh, in Orlando for the Libertarian National Convention. So when we did that, I remained a registered independent. I did not register as a libertarian, but I did pay Libertarian Party dues. So I was an official member of the Libertarian Party, but I didn't register my, I didn't change my voting affiliate. Uh, So I don't know. I just, it irritates me that a lot of these prominent activists and mouthpieces in the cannabis movement have been like TDS psychos, orange man, Cheeto head, bad, like blathering on Twitter, just like everybody else. And it just has gotten nothing accomplished. When we really could have, as a movement, positioned ourselves much more strongly um, if we had decided to kind of work with this administration and see what we can get. Like Ice Cube. I mean, Ice Cube, there's a guy who is not a big MAGA guy by any fucking stretch of the imagination. But now people are just calling him a Trump supporter. And why is that? Why is that? It's because he had a plan. He wanted... uh, the ADOS community to be, you know, given something, let's say tangibles, have we been hearing about that? Uh, he wanted their their voting base to be given something, like work with us, promise us, what do you have for us? What are you going to give us? And he asked both sides. And Trump picked up the phone and Biden said, hey, we'll talk to you after the election. <laughs> yeah. Like so many of his issues to be dealt with after the election. And the reason for that is, that Joe's not in control, you know? He can't give anybody anything. He's not in control anyway. So I'll talk to you after the election. Is like, you know, you don't call us, we'll call you kind of a thing. It's like... I would like to add, that's exactly their stance on weed, too. Yep. Like this headline that came out, Harris will give Biden honest input on legalizing marijuana and other issues as part of a deal, which, of course, will come into place after they're elected. Sure. No, it's just, <laughs> it's just horse crap. The left does pander with the weed issue, though, you know? For, oh, it's all lip service. It's all oh, lip service. Of course, it's all lip service. It's but, all we need to legalize, all we need to legalize. But and the single-issue voters might not do research, and then that's how they snag them, you know? They're like, well, they said they were going to legalize it. They talked about legalizing And then there's always it. some excuse. And it never happens. Oh, we didn't have the House. Oh, we didn't have the House and the Senate. Oh, we didn't have this and this. Like, 
There's always going to be some fucking excuse uh, as to why the promise didn't get made, but that's the value for career politicians. You make the promise, yeah. then you have the excuse why the promise doesn't get made, and it's kind of like going to Burger King and using the coupon and then keeping it in your pocket and not giving them the coupon, and then you get to fucking use it again the next time around. Like That's exactly what they're doing with these promises. They promise the voters, then... They're like, oh, we did all we could, and we need to keep fighting, and that's why you need yeah. to send us more money. It's because you didn't send us enough money yeah, that uh, we the... couldn't get the thing done, and and vote for us because we're gonna get the thing done. Yeah, we care party. about the thing. <laughs> Just bl- yeah, blue, no matter blue. who, because that's gonna get it done. No, I'm I've been around too many times, and my memory and my my uh, attention span is much longer <laughs> than the average what three weeks of the American. Well. Average retard out there. If I recall, legalization was one of Obama's campaign promises too, right? Yeah. Uh, Well, he talked about decriminalization as part of his platform originally in in 08. And yeah, that's that's right when I got involved. So like the first thing I ever did in an activism sense was change.org. I think change.org or no, change.gov was Obama's website, right? And then change.org was like... Uh, this grassroots thing that sprung up piggybacked on it very brilliantly and got a lot of uh, hype and, and, and traffic because of it. But there was, uh, it, it's a petition site and it's still around. So you can just kind of make your own petitions and it's a great way to hijack uh, momentum to make a press conference, but it's not like a petition that has any legal teeth or anything like that. You can just print out a very big stack of paper and then it looks nice to stand in front of something and have your picture taken while you say, you know, 250,000 people signed this petition to do this, and we're delivering it here today. So it's really just a, a, a little pony show, uh, for lack of a better explanation. But the right when Obama got elected in 2009, after he was uh, sworn in, they had their ideas for change in America. So they were going to pick the 10 top ideas and then present them all to some administration official who would agree to the thing or something for a great PR thing. And I wrote legalized pot, you know, I wrote my idea out and I was, um, one of the first and of the first, you know, five, six, seven, the easily, easily the best written one. Uh, some of those were just kind of like, you know, there were no capital letters in the whole thing Mm. and like very few punctuation and misspellings and this and that. So it wasn't like hard to write. I'm not saying like I'm fucking some brilliant writer over here, but But you were in J school then too, right? Right. (laughs) Um, I just had the one that stood out and got them, it floated to the top real quickly. And so, uh, actually the second place idea was legalized medical pot. And that was written by a guy named Larry Talley, who is a member of law enforcement against prohibition. He's out of Flower Man, Texas. So he had written the, basically the second place idea and it was the top 10 ideas for change. So they contacted us each individually and they said hey you guys have the number one and number two idea but they're both like kind of similar can you guys write a combined idea to enter into the final contest so like they basically took the top uh they took the top three out of a bunch of categories they signed everything to categories like health care and taxes and uh, foreign policy and um domestic policy and so we were the top domestic policy issue and then they took all those finalists and then got the top 10 out of that and we easily won the thing but you know even back then it was all just incredibly popular it's what the people wanted it upvoted the very top of everything every time it's brought up and then it's all lip service and like yeah we'll do it and 
I mean, I'm telling you, any politician who just takes that football across the inevitable finish line, there's like no stopping it. There's no stopping it. It's already out. Yeah. You got 33 states out there, legal weed. And, ding, ding, ding. Um, <laughs> a half-hearted ding. Okay. Anyway, it's, um, it's a no-brainer for any politician. And it's kind of frustrating that Trump hasn't done something like that, but he's just, he's had so much else on his plate and under constant attack. Now, here's another thing that I want to piss people off with, is if we get through this election and we find it's a, I mean, really anything over the 2016 levels is going to be a pretty big precedent. And just anecdotally, I know it's just anecdotally, but... Do you know anybody out there who voted Trump in 2016 and regrets it and is not going to do it again? No. I know personally people, uh, a Bernie guy, um, some libertarians, and a couple Hillary people who were Trumping because of their frustration with the Democrats. Uh, and a lot of them over this tax thing, the, mm -hmm. the prospect of getting their taxes raised. And there's enough of that, even if it's, a, even if it's not a big number, and I think it's bigger than people really expect. But even if it's not a big number, it's going to be wild. I think it's going to be, I think it's being really underreported and suppressed in the polling. Um, but even if you look at certain polling, it's very telling. If you look at black support for Trump, even over the past week to 10 days, it's shot up. It's up it's like in the 40s now. It's in the 40s now. No Republican ever gets over like 12, you know. So it'll be very interesting to see the turnouts of this election. But if it's if it's a good uh big showing of for Trump and his uh, and his agenda and if more comes out or more is like finally reported on of the interference that was run by the government by the Obama administration during this whole first term he's had, he's really been even though he's accomplished a lot, he's been really handcuffed by the media and the government and even his own quote-unquote administration because the endless bureaucracy of what is the uh, administrative wing of the government uh, is out of control. There's so many different departments and so many different holdovers and so many different actors. You look at the FBI, they've been completely against him the whole time. You look at uh, a lot of the people in the Department of Justice completely stacked against him. I really feel like he has an argument to be made that without that tr initial transition of power, a peaceful transition of power when he first was sworn in, that he hasn't even really been given a first term in terms of what the balance of powers ask for and are carved out in the Constitution. Like his, you know... Yeah, there was no peaceful transition. He's been obstructed <laughs> this entire time enough, and illegally so, to the point where I think that he has justification to seek a third term legally um now it's an argument and it's something that you would have to the way i ideally see it is it's something that you would have to convince the supreme court of and then they can like make an incredible exception for this like one time or whatever i think that would be the best because it doesn't really it sets precedent but only to not fuck with the president you know not fuck with the incoming administration so there would be this huge precedent set to not have the DOJ and FBI like directly target an incoming opposition president just for purely political purposes because you put them in danger of qualifying for an extra term. I think that would be a healthy precedent to set. Um, but honestly, I would be for a repeal of the 22nd Amendment if, if it comes to that um, just because of how ridiculous the obstruction from where I'm sitting that I've seen... Um, it just, it just can't happen. We can't let it happen. So whatever we can do 
make sure that doesn't happen again. Because it shouldn't happen on the other way either, you know? Uh, if if there's a Republican entrenched in power for eight years and then a Democrat wins, and then the Republican, I mean, as it stands right now, there's precedent for the Republican to use the IRS and the FBI and the DOJ and everything, the NSA, to spy on their opponent's campaign, to obstruct their uh, transition of power, to put moles in their transition team and in their administration all these are terrible precedents and so something something has to be done to address that and i think that the fairest way without really fucking anything up permanently would be to ask the supreme court to make an exception for a third term run and call it that and call it good and the argument would be that the first term was illegally impeded i mean the whole impeachment thing was a joke that at every turn at every turn They've uh, done everything they could to just put the blanket over the fire. So the whole thing that brought me even into that was like, I wish he would have moved on weed. But from day one, Trump's not been the guy to do that. From day one, I mean, the guy's a teetotaler. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. He lost his brother to alcoholism. So he's just not the guy that you're going to convince this is a good idea. I think that he will be a kind of leave it to the states, let the states fuck with it kind of guy. Which... Uh, in the federal system, that's how it should be anyway. That's the correct move. That's the right move. Weed is not in the Constitution. Everything that's not in the Constitution is supposed to be the states, and there's not supposed to be any exception to that. It, the Founding Fathers, when they wrote it out, they said, all right, these specific powers are vested in the federal government, but everything else is the states. Everything else, the states can you know figure it all out. If Alabama wants to ban it forever... If Alabama wants to give you the fucking death penalty over it versus California wants to give it to you free every year, like, you're supposed to let the states decide uh, their own policies and set their own policies. And then with the freedom of movement that we have as citizens, you can you can vote with where you live to mm-hmm. a certain extent of, you know, if these policies are too much. And we've seen that with a lot of tax policies. There's a reason that people are fleeing in mind-boggling numbers, Chicago, New York, and L.A., uh, and really the whole state of California. And it's because of these tax policies and the laws. They need to live somewhere where there's better policies. Same could be true about weed, but the problem is that they've illegally wrote it in to be federal, federally banned. Right, and so it needs to be descheduled before it's truly up to the states. It needs to be descheduled, and it, all of the prohibitions really need to be repealed. And um, we've talked about this many times, but the pitfall there is that every time that's attempted, there's this big regulate proposal that comes into place to where it's like, no, 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 we can legalize it because we're going to regulate it instead of just repealing the bad laws. Like, that should be the horse blinders on, narrow focus, repeal the prohibition. Very simple. Yeah, feds shouldn't have any finger on it. I saw your state pop up in in the weed news. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is it their delay for the delivery? Yep. They're yep. going to discuss the delivery to wait to licenses. At least a month for <laughs> for the clarification on uh, the delivery licenses. So although mm. the pot drivers, uh, although I'm told from a buddy of mine out in Oregon that the driver jobs are actually higher paying than like managers of dispensaries. Wow. They're like super high paying, which is interesting. I mean, it makes a bit of sense. That's like probably the most risky and it's the most risky point of the whole process, probably for both the worker and the product, you know, because you're you're at risk of getting attacked or getting a shit hijacked. And that would probably be the easiest way to do it to get the most 
bang for your buck if you were going to pull off a heist or if you were going to mm. like you know steal a bunch of weed you'd probably get the most with the least risk or at least the least uh, security to have to overcome by intercepting one of these trucks one of these delivery vehicles so it would make sense that the market would reflect that risk and pay the drivers the best out of uh, all of those industry jobs. Trimmers, I'm told, is the lowest pay. Uh, that's a. It seems kind of like a tough job too. Mm-hmm. Tedious. Yeah. Don't they have trimming machines? You can just like run it through. Yeah. Oh yeah. They do. <clears throat> Something about that hand trim. I but really like. yeah, it's closer to perfect. Mm-hmm. And you're not knocking off as much of the crystals too. Mm, that's a good point. Keeping the good stuff. But, you know, I mean, if you're the one doing the auto trim thing, then you'd keep the keef at the end anyway, and you keep the trim and make shit out of it. It's not like anything goes to waste. I hope for these delivery dudes and dudettes that they wouldn't have to drive, like, an identified vehicle. Like, you know how the Pizza Hut delivery drivers have to put the sign on their car? Yeah, that would be the first step to avoid heists. Pretty dangerous. It would. I imagine it's sort of working like uh, Postmates, but for weed. But you have to get your license, so there'd only be, like select group of them right now are they like uh getting into too many details like massachusetts doesn't know i was gonna say who gives the licenses is it the dispensaries or the state and then like you get a license well, and you can deliver from any dispensary under our program all licenses come from the department of health and human services so whether it's a cultivation facility or a uh, a dispensary or a transport company, all have to be regulated and licensed, and that's all through the same department, the DHSS, yes. DHHS, in our case anyway. I don't know whose uh, department right, they're all runs in Massachusetts, but it's probably something similar, some kind of health department. That would be my guess. Although this is a full rec, isn't it? This is a... Yes. It's a recreational environment, so it could be like a Department of Agriculture. It could be like a Department of Commerce. It could be a few different things. I'm not really sure. It just depends on who wrote the law and how they wrote it. Um, this is kind of a weird one, but apparently they found, according to this study anyway, that cannabis users need more anesthesia during surgery hmm. and more opioids after. Ooh. And the second one, I just think like that's an easy one as far as like the correlation, right? If if you're a person who enjoys getting high, yeah, <laughs> then you're a person who enjoys getting high. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, yeah. like, if you smoke weed, I'm not obviously I'm not saying that everyone who smokes weed likes opiates. What I am saying is that if you do smoke weed, the chances of you also enjoying getting high on opiates goes up. The chances just go up, and if you are a person who doesn't smoke weed, then I would say the chances go down even further that you're a person who would like to get high on opiates, you know? Yes. It's sort of like, I think the gateway theory is sort of just a misunderstood uh, cause and effect of how drugs work and how that whole thing works, you know? Like, if you are all bought into the fear and all bought into, like, the never, just say no, 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 then you're not going to do anything at all. But if you're not bought into that fear and if you are just a person who's like oh i'm gonna try what i'm gonna try then the most likely drug you're gonna do if you do what we think of as drugs in the modern sense probably gonna be pot pot's the most common one pot's the easiest alcohol pot's the most laid back (laughs) sure i guess you don't count that as a drug in the way we think about yeah that's what i was trying to say with the qualifier of like the modern kind of thinking of it no because that would be caffeine oh yes Caffeine would be the least common denominator as far as drugs, as far as the one you're most likely to do the most often. That would be caffeine. Well, 
I don't know how I feel about these studies without knowing all the details. Like, how many people? Or how did they study this? You know? Well, it was only about 120 patients. Uh, University of Colorado Hospital. And, uh, okay, so we're in a full Interestingly, they were all leg fractures. Ooh. Um, and they were all compared based on whether or not they had used cannabis before their surgery. So they compared cannabis users to non-users for the amount of anesthesia the patients received during the surgery. Uh, they also looked at the patient-reported pain scores, and they looked at the dosage of opioids used during recovery. So um, a quarter of the patients who reported using cannabis prior to surgery needed more anesthesia. They said their pain was worse during the recovery, and they used 58% more opioids per day uh, Mm. during their hospital stay than the non-users, which I think that those last two kind of roll into each other, like what I was saying. Like if if you smoke weed, if you get high, then you're going to get high on other stuff too, more likely. And so I would expect there to be a higher percentage of people seeking more opioids. That just makes perfect sense. And if you are seeking more opioids, you're going to report more pain. That's how you get them. Yeah, exactly. So those two go hand in hand. Well, and they're That's in a hospital setting too. So yeah, it's like, here's your drug right. waitress coming in, I mean, the nurse. For, yeah. <laughs> for me, if I'm in pain in the hospital, or if I'm in the hospital uh, and I'm asked if it hurts, it's, it's a seven or an eight. Always, yeah. always. Even if, um, the, you know, they'll bring me something and then it starts to kick in and then I'm feeling maybe like a three, I'm still at a seven or an eight to try and get another one, you know, and they'll bring you another one. And everybody knows that. Everybody knows how it works. And so this uh, this data actually, to me, almost seems low. Um, but that just goes to show you it's not everybody, you know. Yeah. Well, and if you like getting high on opiates, you like getting high on weed, probably, and that's a great way to get off of opiates. I just don't like the <laughs> the interpretation because they're saying like we now understand patients who chronically use opiates opioids prior to surgery often have exaggerated pain responses and need increased oh, pain no. medication after surgery because they have an increased tolerance. Now they do slightly have an increased tolerance, um, but they're speculating cannabis may cause a similar effect, but. I think what they're not taking into account, they're just taking the reported pain as pain. They're just taking right. they're just taking everybody at their word. Yeah. When everybody knows that the pain scale the subjective uh, is everybody who wants to get opiates out of it understands that the pain scale is exactly it's subjective. They can't put a uh, sensor on your wrist or on your, in your head and t- test how much pain you're actually in. So it's the easiest thing possible to lie about is how much pain you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just say it hurts really bad, and they bring you the good shit. Yeah. And th- I mean, that's just easy. That's yeah. just an easy one to figure out. So I think that they're taking a lot of conclusions from this study that um, have simpler explanations called people are just trying to get drugs and succeeding. Yeah. Which, nothing wrong with that, by the way. Uh, if you go in for a hospital procedure and you want to do drugs and you're going to pay for the drugs and you're going to read the drug facts uh, before you're given the drugs, then what the fuck's the problem? We're all adults here. Um, I'm going to go in for my surgery, and I would like to not hurt while I'm doing it, and I'd like to feel good while I'm doing it, and this is the drug I want to be on. This is how much of it I want to do. That should be how it works, not this fucking... It's ridiculous. Anyway, I don't know. That's just my two cents. We can't have people like... Obviously abusing it, and I get the potential for that, but also the but it, the idea that you're going to save people from themselves is just kind of played out. But it goes into what I was trying to say, which is this works the opposite way, too. People who are addicted, and I do mean physically addicted to opioids, marijuana can help you get off of that. Sure. 
I mean, it can be an it exit ease, drug. Yes, exactly. And so there you go. There you have <laughs> that's it. All, that's all I got. That's there, the there's word from the actually bowl. there's a lot of studies on that too. Uh, Missouri had its first weed investigation when they got a report of some moldy weed. Oh Christ! That someone got. Um, but the good news is there was no evidence of any health or safety concerns. Well, that's nice, at least. Yeah. One weekend, and we're already getting the Karens coming out. And I like mold. I think my weed is moldy. No, ma'am. Weed is green. <laughs> 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 that was one thing that kind of ticked me off watching uh, some of the footage from last week's opening is they had a nurse in there, and she's like, I'm just here to help naive patients find the right strain for them. Yes, out of your wonderful selection of fucking CBDs. Please, naive ma'am. Naive patients. Please, nurse, tell me, which one should I take? I because you know me better than I know me. They are hoping, aren't they? They're, like, rubbing their hands together, hoping for, like, the most naive patients. I suppose... I don't know. Maybe this is a little bit cynical, but I suppose there's like a certain base level of naivete you have to possess just to get a card in the first place. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> to willingly sign up for a database for some shit that's federal. I know illegal. that I'm a fucking hmm. asshole for saying that, but honestly, yeah, honestly, uh, there's this law, you know, that's um, first of all an unjust, unfair, and unconstitutional law that. Uh, just is fucking wrong. Uh, I've been breaking it my entire adult life, but but now I'm gonna get into this fucking database so that I can uh, can stop breaking it, so that <laughs> I can be like incredibly I'm breaking limited it on paper, <laughs> so that I can be incredibly limited in my selection, so that I can pay three times as much for it, yeah, and still be breaking federal law anyway. Exactly. Now just be on a list with other government agencies. Ugh. No. So f- yeah. So fuck that. For what? For 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 my muscle spasms or some shit I have to, like, tell them? I don't know. Why do I smoke pot? Because I enjoy it. Because I decided to. I shouldn't have to get deeper than that. I shouldn't have to explain myself. In the mid-Missouri normal days, we had the no-mo prohibition line, but we also yeah. had, like, a mini campaign that I loved, which was just the simple, it helps. It helps. Yeah, I perfect. love that. That's perfect. You're right. It, just, it reminds me of this mask shit when people dare to ask you why you're not wearing a mask or what's your qualifying health condition. No. That's my private information, and it helps is the perfect thing people should be able to say for smoking weed, too. Because my medical... My qualifying medical conditions are none of your business. And they're protected under HIPAA. So, And aside from all that, it's just some fucking weed, man. Exactly. A freaking weed. You're going to give me some dangerous shit like acetaminophen. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Which will destroy your liver and kidneys. And it, it is worth noting that if you are in the hospital and you just had a surgery and you are dumb enough to be truthful about your pain being low, that's what they're going to give you is fucking Tylenol. <laughs> and I know because I feel like a dumbass. I'm the one who... I just wanted to get out of the hospital because I hate hospitals. So as soon as my surgery was over, I told everyone I felt great. And I did. I did. I had a very... The ectopic was a very minor procedure you literally star. said zero, didn't you? I said you? zero. They were like, what's your pain? I was like, zero, get me the fuck out of here. Get these needles out of my arm. I'm done. And then... No, this is where it gets worse. Is even though I said zero, my drug waitress comes in and she has to give me something because it's her fucking job. So she shoots me up with acetaminophen in the IV and that shit fucking burns, dude. 
it bur- she's like this is going to sting. You know what didn't sting? The fentanyl you gave me in the emergency room. I was fucking flying high on that and I oh, felt Jesus great. Jesus Christ. But I'm, I also remember I was like should I ask them if I can hit that well, again? You were like no. In fairness. <laughs> Not like, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, bro, can I get another hit? Yeah. <laughs> In fairness, that was your first surgery ever, so it wasn't like uh, you were super coached and schooled in it. I was just happy to wake up. Okay, like, <laughs> do you remember my anxiety? I had never been put out. I've never been put under before. But I had a great fucking dream while I was under, man, about oh, yeah. riding. Yes, remember I told you I was riding on a train drinking with hobos. Oh, we were singing right. songs. It was just a great time. And then I woke up and I was like, where the fuck am I? Oh, my God, it's a hospital. Get me out. The lady's like, how are you feeling? I was like, great, get me out. <laughs> I know my ride is here. I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah, but the being getting the Tylenol and the IV, never, not the way to go. Never. And this is not medical advice, but it's... Uh, advice to my friends that I love. You're never under a six. <laughs> On the pain now. scale, you're never under a six. Ugh. Don't ever say that you're under a six. Did you see what... Uh, if you're in real pain, you know, don't lie. Nine or oh, ten. Yeah. If it's a nine or a ten, then you say nine or ten. <laughs> but if you don't hurt at all, you're a six. And that's oh. how that shit works. Before the surgery, I was definitely fucking nine. I kept, And I probably was like a twelve. You know? But I was yeah. like... I'm so tough. I was like, no. <laughs> you are. How much pain are you in? It's a nine. Uh, it's pretty fucking bad. It's the worst pain I've ever felt in my life, but I'm going to cap it at nine because it could always be worse. You uh, tough yeah. enough to go behind this curtain over here? Yeah, sure. Did you hear, uh, while we're heading back here, did you hear what the Colorado governor jokingly said the other day? Uh, No. He just he uh, jokingly told Texas not to legalize so that his state can keep getting all the tourism. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hello. Yeah, I mean, that makes yeah, sense. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Yeah, that's a that's a good move. That's a good move. Colorado first. That's how oh. he's thinking. There is a job opportunity in Arizona if you want to be an evil fuck. Uh, Did you see no, what thank that you. the contractor position that the DEA is looking to fill? I haven't seen this. DEA seeks contractor capable of burning four tons of marijuana per day. Now. I can burn some marijuana in a day. Don't get me wrong. I not four tons is an awful lot. I'm always up for a challenge though. But they said that they want um, this contractor to burn at least a thousand pounds per hour for eight hours straight. Your job is burning, just destroying plants. Yeah, that's gonna be a like, hard no for me. Although there, you gotta also understand they're measuring whole plant weight, so. Yes. It's not like 4,000 pounds true. of nug. It's like 4,000 plants with like the root system and the stem and the fucking whole thing. The it stalk. still makes me sad. And then it brings up so many questions like, are these only from Arizona? Or are these like all the plants that the DEA seizes? And then they like bring them to one location and don't know what to do with them. And then we're like, well, we've just had this warehouse filled with these plants. And I'm like, someone's got to get rid of them. Yeah, we got so many Fred. He's the plant burner. He just burns the plants. I always just assumed that they had a great time burning the shit themselves, you know, out back. You'd imagine, right? I have imagined, yeah. Now I might not have to imagine. Maybe this is the job, my dream I mean, job. call no. me fucking crazy, but wouldn't it be a lot easier and cheaper just to leave them the fuck alone? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I mean, oh, goddamn. Uh, you know how Maine's sales just started off? 
or just started up, like they beat yeah. us by an hour by, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Becoming by a time zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They exactly. beat us by one time zone. Exactly. Well, the banger main police department made this long ass rambling Facebook post. And I swear to you, the lieutenant who wrote this was fucking high when he wrote it. Was like, he triggered? He, I, I don't know. It, it's so strange. It's really hard to talk about. He just keeps he keeps going into like his trauma from his mom dying of lung cancer. Oh Jesus! From cigarettes, you know. Right. But I mean, it's like it gets like really heady. And he also there's some descript like overly descriptive parts that are uncomfortable because they're cringy, like middle school level writing feeling. Uh, but it's also like, dude, are you high? Because that's the only time that you'd be able to like get back into that headspace live in that memory you know and bring all those details back to you because he says right here okay like he's like the questions have started my response will continue to be google is your friend read the main state statutes or ask your friendly and professional purveyor of marijuana i have been inundated with incoming questions about the new rules in regard to smoking marijuana for those who are no longer forced to refer to it as medicine while they are hiding in their basement near the air handling equipment or just an old fan that only works on the middle setting, blowing the residual smoke out of the chest-high casement windows in their mother's rose bushes. Dude, he's having a flashback to his first time smoking weed. I mean... This is all mom, mom, mom the whole way through. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not reading it all. I mean, dude, look at this. Watch me scroll. I saw he it. He wrote a novel, and then at the end, the legal team has to hop on and be like, oh, no, they're like, we have no legal team. Lieutenant Cotton wrote all of this. If you demand him to be removed from taking care of the Bangor Police Department page because he has offended you in any way, drop a letter to the chief. <laughs> Cotton says he fuck? won't even complain, and he has other things to do anyway. He has taken up competitive eating and plans of making a run <laughs> on the Nathans in Coney Island for the 2025 hot dog eating Is contest this so if this COVID stuff clears up. <laughs> you can find more of Tim Cotton's writings at his other page, where he seems happier writing about stuff that has nothing to do with police work <laughs> oh my god dude <laughs> like it just it keeps so going, like they dude. obviously like, don't want anything to do with it either <laughs> yeah that's hilarious but he uh this is jersey correct no maine oh maine. banger banger maine, maine. yeah banger <laughs> banger hey you banger you brought her oh uh, yeah that's right well like so here's like they pulled out some excerpts at uh marijuanamoment.net if you don't want to read the whole fucking thing. I don't. But it's like, on his own eating habits, I already snack like a 70s stoner, and I have been known to partake in both Hostess cup ch cakes and sweet chili Doritos within the same half hour period. Wow. <laughs> it just, but it just goes on. Like, the description is insane. I'm Jesus. telling you, he... He might, Sounds like high. a fucking stony baloney, yeah. I, I Probably know, a lot of edibles, since yes. the guy likes to fucking eat everything. Good point. Good point. And a lot of mama. Yeah. A lot of mama coming up in this. Um, he just needs a... He needs some healing. He needs some weed because it helps. He just needs a, to put the be putting the shit in a diary and not on the fucking <laughs> not cops' on Facebook, Facebook page. page. Like, stay off the uh, department's Facebook page, dude. Dude. Dude, you're fucking it up, bud. Dude, get off the fucking Facebook. Put it in a dude. fucking diary, dear diary. We don't want to hear that shit. Oh. And um, an update on New Zealand... If you recall, they voted on, uh, you know, legalizing weed. Yeah. But the votes are not going to be released by the Electoral Commission until October 30th. 
So next week we'll know. Cool. What happened? What happened? Yeah. 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 Then you have something spooky you wanted to talk oh, about. I have tons of spooky stories. Okay. What's well, about your twenty minute warning ish? Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just keeping an eye on it. You know. Well, my like gutters and strikes. I'll be quick. Ooh, I like <laughs> balls and strikes. I didn't have any balls. Balls, Margaret. Except for your gutter ball. Oh, yeah, thanks. Of not asking dr- uh, for drugs properly in yeah, the hospital. Yeah, not treating like my nurse like the drug waitress that yeah. she is. Yeah. Um, so disrespectful. Shame, shame. 33 came up. A man was celebrating his 33rd birthday when he was surprised to find that his boyfriend set up a surprise funeral for him. He says he was inspired to do it because uh, they're now married. So the husbands, his husband had always said, like, it's not right that you don't get to hear all the nice things people have to say to you because you're dead. Like, people should just say nice things about you while you're alive, basically. Yeah. And so then his uh, then boyfriend gave friends and family that opportunity. And they all ignored him when he walked into the room. Like, no one, they had all been instructed to just pretend like he's not there. Oh so he God. had to, like, experience it as if he was a ghost and they had a fucking funeral for that's him. fucking pretty rowdy actually it's rowdy it's a great it's creepy it's just like but you know dude said he really enjoyed it and uh yeah a plus for creativity this whole thing is very very spooky look they got it set up in their living room oh my goodness uh, they're not socially distanced look how close those chairs are this is an old story oh. it is they're married now Oh, so it's flashback. Like it's a flashback story. It was thirty-three months ago this month. Um, but this, you know, his yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Scraping the bottom of the barrel for those human interest pieces. Yeah, twenty seventeen. He was thirty-three. Ah, uh, so they had to make it about when he was thirty-three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Christ well, Almighty! What a yeah! What a weird quinky dick. He told me we were going to a nice dinner, so we needed to dress up. He recalls. Yeah. He did his voice really well. Thank you. He just sounded just like that guy. Well, I'm sure. I'm yeah. That's exactly what he sounded like. You sounded on the. You heard him on the. Oh, I sounded too much like a Becky. Uh, this lady probably won't be taking a selfie again anytime soon when she sees the reflection of two figures in her sunglasses while she was home alone. Ooh. Yeah. Now I don't see it. I've looked at it a bunch. Like I see what she thinks it is, and she said it looks like looks a tall like windows. man, <coughs> and it looks like a boy. Personally. This creeped me out more, but it's the reflection of her face in the screen. But oh, I just yeah. think the reflection version of it looks like a gray sure. NPC thing come to life. You know what I'm talking about? Like a gray. It looks like a gray. But these, she sees a tall man and a, like a boy. Well, I think it's just... Uh, I just see the windows. Some furniture. Yeah, you see the windows, but it's the shadows in front of these windows. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The, in this circle is way too wide also. Because then I'm looking over here at the plant. I'm like, eh, and then there's like kind of shading here. I don't know. For me, all that, like, look at this grainy picture and there's pattern recognition <laughs> in your brain going on. Like, all yeah. of that's been kind of f- fucking sketched to me. Exactly. But I did want to use this opportunity to bring up the snapparition. Oh, shit. This is my favorite creepy find of the year. And I will post the link in the chat. Right now. So if you're listening to this later, it'll probably be in the show notes. But it'll definitely just remember, be in the show notes. You missed out. You could have seen it sooner. Well, You want me to just play the audio? or No, no, no. It's all visual. Like, you have to watch it. Okay. Okay. This dude. Okay. Snapchat came out with a filter. I'll start here. 
and it makes like a rainbow um what do you call it? like tracer it's TikTok, pattern actually oh shit you're right everything is a lie it's still okay, TikTok. Well, it's still a filter. I mean, it's a filter. It's TikTok. Yeah, but I call it a snapperition. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. Thanks for correcting me. It is a snapperition, you know, even though it's on TikTok. We're the pillars of journalism here over here. The so correcting and getting the facts straight is the most important. We thing. do care about the facts. Yes. Not the truth over facts. Truth and facts. Truth and facts both. They can coexist peacefully, <laughs> yeah. like man and fish. Anyway, this guy has downloads this filter on TikTok, and it makes like tracers around living things. So he starts talking about how he starts telling a story because he notices that this chair in his room has a tracer on it. It happens to be his grandmother's chair, and his grandmother had recently passed away. Someone was like, why is the chair facing the wall? Grandma's trapped in the chair. Like, And I think that was a little odd, too. I'm not sure what his reasoning is for it. I didn't read into it that deep. But anyway, so he's like, okay, he'll turn the chair. Well, then he decided to try the filter out again. And there was no tracer on the chair. The fucking shape of a woman is on his couch. So he's like, wow, Grandma got up and moved to the couch. That's so cool. But then... A fucking, like, male form just appears, like, in between him and grandma. And the dude, like, <laughs> jump scare warning. Dude's like, whoo! And then, like, the video stops, you know, because he pulls his thumb off. But holy shit. I would not recommend downloading that filter. I mean, I wouldn't recommend downloading TikTok or Snapchat or right. any of these creepy camera apps. Yeah. Especially TikTok belonging to China and shit. Like, this could be a great psyop. They could be like, let's put ghosts in people's houses or well you know the one thing about uh, a so-called ghost filter or anything is we've seen from the facial recognition and other uh augmented reality filters that you can point it at objects that the algorithm will recognize mm. and you can place something onto it so i mean you can already project images onto other shit so like i mean how likely is it? How likely is it that uh, they have a filter built into a social media app that can see ghosts within the digital space, and then balance that against how likely is it that an augmented reality app can see a couch and put a person sitting on it, uh, and then maybe put another figure around because it's gonna know where like the walls and the floor is. Yes. But then imagine that you're not even thinking about that. You're just like, oh, I don't believe in this shit. I'm just putting the spooky app on. And then you see some shit. Yeah, now you get to wonder. <laughs> and you haven't thought about any of the other parts. You've just uh, saw the stuff and you've already told yourself self the story about grandma and this right. and that. So now you're getting it's into just, it. <laughs> now you're like, now you got some it's heart like strings tied the to the video thing. That I shared, oh. it's like three TikToks. You know, he it's like three of his videos all put together. It lit different. my fucking belly up when I saw it. Too, I dude. and it I had to show you the fuck out because I haven't seen a good like real you know real being like okay we can't just immediately dispute this as being fake ghost video in so long i think it's actually gotten tougher to find evidence of like paranormal activity in the digital age because it you can put so many angles well and it's easier to debunk shit, stuff and i think is the thing it's far easier to debunk shit so that's kind of everyone pissing on the fire like i kind of did just now but i'm not saying it's not anything no and it just, you know, it opens the door for a lot of other things, too, which is, like, people who see shadow people who aren't 
overly tired, people who have encountered shadow people. And then there's these, uh, you know, rabbit holes you can go down about potential government technology that should allow them to shift and move through dimensions we can't and then appear like a shadow. Like, these could be government operatives you're seeing. Like, I don't know. Who fucking knows? Could be aliens? Who knows? Well, we don't know. A lot of potential, a lot of possibilities. Yes. That much is certain. And now Grandma Ghost is just like the Loch Ness Monster. And like, I showed a. I, I showed I sent that video to your sister and she was like, I'm downloading the app and then immediately she's like, I have been told by other people I probably shouldn't download the app. I was like, Yeah, I'm leaning towards probably shouldn't. Oh, she's way not your sister. She would have way to leave. too easily influenced. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Easily spooked. Um flappable. Speaking of the easily spooked and flappable, uh there is a a company called mybuilder.com over in England, who ran a survey to see how many people think their house is haunted. And they actually have offered, well, it's this one guy, Andy. He will go out to your house and teach you the, the noises that your house is making to prove that it's not haunted. Nice. He's like And a he's sound. like really good sound, smell, Ooh. feelings. Like, you know how there's different like frequencies, like sound frequencies that can mm. fuck with your brain? Yeah, furnaces are notorious yes. actually for so, it. So all of that stuff, he's for well-educated. The- um, what do they call them? The low, the low frequency shit that can make you hallucinate. Yes. Audio and visual hallucinations. That's correct. And actually, fluorescent lights in hmm. office buildings. Yeah. I've read a lot of weird, spooky hallucination stories having to do with that. And I don't I like also, those at all, especially prolonged exposure. That's why I don't like hospitals. Yeah, it's the fucking lights. I swear, because Cube well, Farm, you, you get them. They twice just feel like the same level of hell in a hospital, especially because you get them from the lights, and then they're also bouncing up off of that fucking shiny ass floor that they always got in there. And think of all the machines, beep boop, beep boop, beep boop, all around. It's yeah. just too much. <laughs> it's a lot. There's too many cards. <laughs> For somebody um, hyper vigilant, it's like exhausting. It is. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, this Andy dude did a video on like. Seven common spooky sounds and debunking them. And I just thought that was cool because um, our house that we currently live in is definitely not haunted. Um, and there's also no spooky sounds other than when a living thing that's not supposed to be in the house enters like a mouse. And it's easy to, f- you know, find them. You hear them. You look for them. You get them. Yeah. And then it's over. Um, but my childhood home... In my grandparents' house, which my grandfather built, I used to hear a music box. And I said something once to my nan about it. I was like, I can hear this music. It kind of sounds like either a carousel or a music box. I don't know how else to describe it. And she was like, I hear it too sometimes. And she's like, and then you start walking towards it, like looking for what toy is going off or whatever. And it fades. So like the closer, you you think you're walking closer, but then it sounds further away until it disappears. But even if you didn't pursue it, because I had never thought to pursue it, I always would just be sitting at the kitchen table and I would like hear it. And I thought it was down in the basement, but I knew it was only going to last like 30 seconds. And it did that same thing. It just fade out. But I thought it was weird when she was like, I also heard, I hear that. Don't know what that's about. And that's not a house sound. Right. Yeah. You know? That's a legitimately creepy If it's sound. playing like an actual melody, then... But where I learned about house sounds was my grandparents' house. They bought an old Cape house. I don't, You have a guess on when that place was built? Probably early 1900s. Yeah, I'm not sure. The one your grandparents live in right now? Yeah. On King Street? Yeah. <laughs> in the... In the <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're dick. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. I mean, fuck. We have the internet. Everyone knows where everyone lives. Uh, there's no king but streets in any towns, in any states. It's been, everyone on. knows where I'm from. Come on. Anyway, that's the first house where I heard, like, the creaking, like the stairs would creak, especially in the winter and like some banging, like pipes banging and stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And so house noises. Yeah. Got to know the difference between your house noise, noise and your ghost noise. There's a uh, subtle difference. Yeah. You know, the See, ghosts tend me, to go. For me, <laughs> sound is at the bottom of the list. Like if I hear shit, I'm like, didn't hear shit. You know, like mm. sound has to be very loud, clear and compelling. Like has some. To be a right, physical person. Right next to me. Has what to be it? right next to me as far as sounds go. If a sound is far away, if the sound is in the next room, if the sound is clearly between coming through a wall, it's fucking nothing to me. I'm not going to get freaked out about that at all. Ever. If I see something, it's a slightly heightened. Mm. But still, I understand, and I've also experienced a lot of different open-eye, all-out hallucinations in my life. On and off of drugs. And so I understand how vivid, you know, my brain works like that visually. I can even imagine stuff pretty well, like closed eyes daydreams for me or whatever I want to see. And I'm talking about seeing it like visually, very visually. Uh, so that you doesn't re- really freak me out as much. But do you remember? But it can, it, especially if I let it. If I keep looking at something and I think it's there, then it, I can get that like oh, sure. crescendo of anxiety if I'm like trying to. Like figure out what it is. I'm like, something I don't know in the what shadows, in the dark, and it's like usually an object. But if something but, moved, or I thought I saw something mm. move, and I don't see it anymore. Well, I was gonna say, do you remember our shared visual anomaly um, in the old hotel in Columbia, the Boone yeah. above the Boone Tavern? I can't remember what that the, was. Sound and visuals. Yeah, it sounded like a fucking old ass camera, like the little explosion, like psh, like like a battery, like a. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's the way better description. Like, okay, so when a flash bulb goes off, typically, especially a battery-powered one. Flash bulb. The uh, capacitor shoots all of its energy into the light and makes a very bright flash. But then it's empty, but then it immediately recharges, and it does it at a rapid rate. So that's what that sound is. It's okay. the capacitor recharging. It goes, Dwing! So, y'all, we are laying in bed. It is the middle of the night. Dead asleep. Like 3 a.m. It was probably 3.33 or some it shit. It probably was. We weren't onto that tip and back then. all of a sudden, we bought, and Spence doesn't wake up. Like, as we've just said, he's a hard sleeper. Nothing wakes him up. Hard but as a rock. fucking bright flash of light, I mean, illuminate the whole room, woke us both up with that sound he just made. That, that like, like a very powerful camera going yeah. off. Yeah. There was a window and there was roof access there. No, not at that window, right? It yeah, was the no, other window. No, there was roof. There's roof access there. Roof right outside the window was roof, yes. So like it really could have been a creeper, but it also really could have been a fucking ghost photographer. Okay. As far as that goes, that incident, there's like all things that it could have been, and some are like very out there, and some are like within the realm of like like a transformer blowing up or something on a pole outside. Oh, I didn't even consider that, but I don't know. That's kind of louder That's and more explosive. I, I don't know. It doesn't why I sound like the flash bulb. Sorry. No, I'm talking about like it was either like something weird alien, something weird paranormal, or something weird a fucking person with a camera outside right. of the window. So out of all of those things, 
I'd say probably the most likely one would be the most alarming one at the <laughs> yeah. same time, which is like a, a fucking person. actual person outside our window. Like, dumbass, why would you use a flashbulb that loud? You're trying to get or bright. Photos. I mean, I don't well, know. There's like it's... night vision cameras. Yeah, but maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. It was it, creepy it, as shit. And the weirdest though, part to, to think about that. To be woken up by light, because that's what woke me up was the light. Right. It was so fucking bright. It was so fucking bright. My eyelids were seeing pure light, white. It was like uh, those lightning strikes that you get to glimpse that like turn everything bright as day, where you look around and you can see color again for that flash. <laughs> Fuck, it was bright, dude. It was even brighter than that because you went past being able to see color and everything was white. And you woke up from your dead-ass sleep. I shot up straight oh, up. Oh, God. Because it was like fucking... Oh, my God. <gasps> yeah, I kind of forgot so, about that, actually. Isn't that a creepy memory that I just pulled out of the box? Mm -hmm. That was a creepy place, too. Uh, oh, well, yes, it was an 1800s hotel. Turned and, into um, apartments, yeah. Yeah, now apartments, now shitty apartments. Your snake was fucking murdered there. Uh, not your snake, a snake that you had been told it was to indefinitely babysit. Yeah, and care for it, you did. That snake was very happy. That was the first time I got to watch a snake kill a mouse, live mouse. <sighs> I know Alice loved that. Anyway, there was a lot of creepy shit, and I was I felt hurried to move the fuck out of there. I felt uh, there was a lot of weird feelings. We never unpacked our boxes when we lived there, which is really weird. Um, it was our first apartment together, just us. And when we moved out, I had my first like physical paranormal experience that I can't explain, which is that it felt like someone pulled my fucking hair and not nicely. Like my hair got yanked and I was in a hallway. So there was nothing in front or behind me. But anyway, I don't miss that place for sure. No, no. <laughs> um, there were some strange lights in Hawaii. And some <clears throat> experts, uh -oh. scientists at the W.M. Keck, K-E-C-K, Observatory in Waimea, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, they said that the lights people saw were likely from the booster of a Chinese rocket that was launched in 2008. That guy's fucking right. <laughs> we can't be 100% certain because we don't have any of the pieces of the debris. But the pattern of the lights that we saw in our time lapse combined with this map. The flight path and precision at which all of these companies are able to estimate where their objects will enter and how they'll break up is what really leads us to believe that this was the Venisat 1 re-entering the atmosphere. I thought that was pretty interesting. Like, that's a very specific thing to be like, well, it could definitely be this. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about space junk, because it's, like, pretty well-tracked now. And for good reason, too, because the shit can, like, smash into one another, like, and it happens. Like, Yeah, but if it's so well-tracked, how couldn't they give these folks a warning in Hawaii? Hey, we might have a rock booster coming down around these three days. You know, watch your head. Sure. Don't sleep. <laughs> Stay in the basement. Stay in your basement if you have basements. Um, well, I don't know if they're tracking it and like it comes down to a certain level where I don't know. I don't know how well they're. I don't know either. I gave you all the details I had. There you go. Uh, this was a really sad story. Oh, no. Um, this mom of four was out for a walk in Arizona when a pack of at least seven dogs ran up, mauled, and killed her. Jesus. She was three days, there's three <clears throat> again, before her 37th birthday. And, uh, that's too bad. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't Arizona. It was Alabama. Oh yeah. Fact Arizona, Alabama. 
Shut up. What's the difference? Uh, big one. Desert swamp. One. <laughs> but local residents in the town of Nauvoo, N-A-U-V-O-O, Alabama, said people and deer have been previously attacked by the very aggressive dogs. So, like, they've got a pack of stray dogs terrorizing people. And this, among 900 other reasons, is why we carry. Exactly. Uh, it's just too bad, though. And, like, prayers for her family and especially her children. Wow, you really want to end it on a downer, huh? No, I'm not ending it there. Okay. Uh, I sent you this story. It should end. Because I'm wrapping up. I'm <laughs> wrapping up. I sent you this story because I thought that Here you we would, go. Uh, it would elicit some feelings from you about this Seattle arcade. Do you recall? Oh, yeah. Actually, I got it at the perfect starting point here. Well, the pre-COVID business was arcade, bar, barcade kind of style. Now we had to completely transition and pivot over to restaurant and um, try to find some ways to still bring some entertainment to people in a safe way, you know. And we pulled everything out. Now it's just tables and chairs and uh, we have dividers between the booths now, kind of thinking on our feet. I really didn't think that we'd be able to use pinball machines or any kind of an, an amusement device until our ingenious employee, Alex, aka Sleepy, he came up with the idea of, of putting pedals on a pinball machine and, and using all foot-operated controls. Fantastic idea. That's great. You can hold your beer and play pinball. That's a strike from me. Yeah, they got these little, like, uh... They almost look like reverse guitar pedals. They're like guitar pedals, but they're pointed back towards your heel. So you're kind of kicking your heel into either the left or the right, um, the left or the right side. And then there's also a start bumpers. and a launch uh, button that you step on. So even when you're launching the ball, uh, you step on a button. Or I saw, so you step on a button for all the games that have an electronic launcher. Because mm -hmm. some you push the button to launch the ball. But for the physical plungers, they had rigged this big metal bar that went all the way down the machine. So one end attached to the plunger physically, and then it was like a big uh, metal strip that went all the way down to your foot that was a lever. So you step on the bottom Whoa. of it, and like a teeter-totter, it pulled the plunger, and then you could let go. So you could still do the uh, skill shot or the like different style launch if you want. That's badass. Yeah, I, w I didn't see that part. Yeah, I saw the cool. foot pedals and I was like, well, okay. I could keep it playing. There's only 30 seconds left of it. Two days later, we had a prototype because I got all the parts and we started putting is. this thing together. Oh, yeah. I've seen so people kinda... play just as well using their feet as they would with their hands. And then also your hands are free to do other things. Give me another drink! Hey, yeah. So today is our grand opening uh, and it's really a new beginning for us because we've never had... Hey! To completely reinvent this place, we never imagined that we would have had to do this. Uh, my business partner, uh, Travis, is working behind the bar. It's been me and him since day one. It's kind of exciting, you know? It's a new beginning, and um, I think people will enjoy it, hopefully. And we're just trying to put our best foot forward. No pun intended. Yayo! Best foot forward. He really... I love how they cut that for the end of the package. Fucking J-School kids, dude. They're all the same. I was curious... Um, about the first time you ever encountered a wild animal. You want to tell me about that? Oh, yeah. And I told you last week when we uh, came up with this first time I ever after the show. Yeah. A bad habit of ours. Coming up with it post-show. Uh, but anyways, I vividly remember what at least is like, I guess, my most, uh, one of my most memorable encounters with a wild animal. 
because I was like, oh, I remember mine. But I guess I can't say for sure it was my first time. Uh, but I was, it was one of my first vacations, my first summer vacations with my great grandparents, which was every year since I was born. Uh, they would go up to New Hampshire. We stayed in this older motel. It was only one year that we stayed there. Can't tell you where it was. Just somewhere in New Hampshire. And um, <laughs> I was probably around five. Very young. There was what looked like a mouse hole in the room. And I only noticed that because my papa was like, oh, look at a mouse hole. And I was like, you know, I was a kid. It didn't bug me. And Anna was just like, ugh, you know. But it wasn't a mouse hole. It was a chipmunk hole. Oh, way and better. We had this chipmunk who would just sit there and just watch you and just dart into your room, dart out of your room. And it was so used to people that you could just sit down with some food in your hand and it would just come eat right out of your hand. And I thought that was the coolest, most magical fucking enchanted forest shit ever. Yeah. I felt like a Disney princess, dude. Chipmunks are laid back. And our daughter craves the chipmunk experience so much <laughs> that she asks your dad to play on repeat a video of his sister feeding chipmunks in Colorado. She has like one chipmunk that comes back to her home, uh, which she has fondly named Chippers. And in the video, she's like, come here, Chippers. Come here, Chippers. So then Rayla will say that to any animal she doesn't know the name for. Come here, Chippers. Every animal is Chippers. And she wants to feed them all. Our good buddy, uh, Lion Helm, chip, uh, chippered in, chippered in with a voicemail of his own experience. Let's hear it. Hey, Lion Helm here again. I don't remember my first interaction with wildlife because I've been out in the woods most of my life messing around with whatever's out there anyway. But here's an interesting one that was the first one where I was not expecting it and ran into it. I was coming out of the bathroom at Grand Canyon, I think it was. And it was at night, and someone yelled at me to get back in there because apparently there were, like, four bucks right between me and the campsite in the dark. So I had to figure out how to get around them and get to the campsite, and I mostly just hold up in the bathroom until they were gone. Thanks. <laughs> nice. Yeah, epic. you don't want to be running into bucks in the middle of the night. No. <laughs> Not when there's four of them and one of you, that's for sure. Yeah. Those things are big. They can get pretty big. Yeah, they, they can. can knock you down. Yeah, and there's no guardrails at the Grand Canyon. There's no guardrails, no, not at the Grand Canyon. Not at the Grand Canyon. So what about you? Shit, I think that uh, chipmunks were the first thing I messed with, too. Um, but mine would have been out in Colorado. Mm. Uh, I had family that lived in Sea Springs. And so I went out there when I was like almost too, like too young to remember most things. But I definitely remember the chipmunks because they were fucking everywhere. And like you're saying, like, at the tourist spots, they're all super used to people. And I think there was even a dumbass, like, put a quarter in a gumball machine and it, you know, spits out cracked corn or something. Perfect, yeah. Feed, please, feed the chipmunks. Yeah, so they were all, you know what I mean? They were just, like, totally conditioned to hang around and eat the eat the tourists' quarters. Not to steal your memories, but my favorite wildlife encounter you had was when that baby woodpecker came and landed on your hands and then just, like sat on your vest at big for a tree. while that was so yeah. magical too yeah, yeah that was pretty cool you're taking a casual motorcycle ride stop for some road juice by the big tree and uh yeah baby woodpecker appears yeah that was pretty cool woodpecker is like a totem of yours yep your family mm-hmm. pretty cool pretty cool life is rad yes i agree even with the corona especially <laughs> when we get to like share the planet with animals it's like a lot of fun Hell yeah. There was a sad story I wasn't going to include, but it had to do with animals. 
where there is this uh, very friendly dolphin mm-hmm. in Ireland that used to come and like interact with tourists, and he went missing. But he's been there for thirty-seven years. Oh Jesus! So they didn't want like come out and say like, well, due to his age, he likely died because he showed up when he was an adult, and it's been thirty-seven years. Huh. Uh, but they're like, you know, it's like a missing friend. There's been search and rescue teams nonstop. Uh. So you. Really did want to uh, end on a sad one, huh, didn't you? I'm sorry. These people are sick. What are you doing? Fucking it all up. Oh my goodness. I guess that's the end of the show. <laughs> hey, we could think of a first time I ever, like uh, for next week. Oh yeah, like, good uh, catch. Like the first time I ever got first place at something. Ooh. What do you think about that? That's a good one. I like it. I like it too. It can be like school sports or it can be like a school contest or it can be like it can be anything whatever you want for some you were like first place at something i think i like that one hell yeah could be a community event and could you be know, a bowling league maybe you're the guy maybe the guy like that wasn't you haven't done the first place at something and that's okay too you can leave that voicemail that would be funny be like a ziggy guy like a my dad kind of story or something like that <laughs> okay so my dad when he was in kindergarten Oh my goodness, <clears throat> I had to readjust. My dad, when he was in kindergarten, the there was a class project and uh, everyone had to grow a bean, okay? <laughs> so it's a pretty simple task, right? You have a styrofoam cup, you put the dirt in, you put a bean, you plant a bean, right? And then you like water your little bean and I don't know, I think they put them in like a Ziploc bag or something to keep it moist, you know? We see it up. Um, and everybody's bean in the class sprouted except for my dad's. <laughs> So it was like a week into the project, and everyone has a bean sprout, and my dad just has a cup of dirt. <laughs> in kindergarten. And he's oh. always like, he every time he tells the story, he bitches about it like, oh, if that teacher was a good teacher, like, she would have had like four or five different beans going like somewhere else for the ones that didn't sprout, you know, be able to like flip it in. And I'm like, well, I mean, (laughs) what if she's been doing this for eight years and you're like the first kid that ever managed to not fucking sprout a bean in the the project? What if she just never encountered it before? (laughs) Oh, that's just a metaphor for all of it, though. My dad is a kindergartner with a cup of dirt. <laughs> See, now that is how you end it on a fucking sad note properly. Is it sad if you laugh? No, I don't know. I mean, it's... I guess it can still be sad. Definitely fucking sad. So, yeah, I would have to say yeah. I would have to just say yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tragic and comedic. You can have it all. Or nothing at all. You can have an outro, too. Outro music always helps, you know? Hey, we'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Hanging out. Ripping bowls. Sparking ones ups. If you're in KC, come on out to the KC meetup on Halloween. Knuckleheads, 3.33 p.m. Noagendameetups.com. Check it out. Check it on down. And until next Tuesday, may your bowls burn ever brighter. I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. Walk on. Smoke on. Mwah.